Random Inks Productions presents The Dresden Files. Listen in and grab some pizza as Mark and Justin discuss the latest exploits of Harry Dresden, Wizard for Hire. talked about the Dresden file books in the past. It's just kind of a general overview, but we do want to get into the individual books um, and kind of talk about the story that's going on in those books and what Harry Dresden's up to. Uh, this podcast, we're going to look at uh, books one through three. Uh, book one is Stormfront. It's kind of the introduction to Harry Dresden and his story. And we kind of get an idea of what his, his history is a little bit, as well as the powers that he has access to and uses in his uh, detective work. As well as the second book is Full Moon, F-O-O-L, Moon. And then Grave Peril is the third book. So Mark, since you're the, the Harry Dresden expert, why don't you kind of break those books down for us and give us an overview on and what goes on in those first three books. Well, we're introduced to Harry Dresden. He kicks some ass, wins the day, end of book three. Yeah, so recommend him wholeheartedly and go check him out. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, great books. Uh, I really do love this series. Did I introduce you to this series, Justin? I can't remember. Yeah, a long time ago, yep. Yeah, so... Book five came out or something. Yeah, so I ran into this book really by accident. I was working at a um, ropes course years and years ago, and I stayed the night out of the ropes course because we had a group staying out, and there was a bunch of leftover stuff from ages ago at this house that was on the property where I stayed, and I happened to find this book in a pile, full moon. And uh, I picked it up and read it, and because I had nothing else to do, and it was amazing. Uh, so the first book is about Harry, and he just kind of breaks the ice, who he is, what he's about, the different conflicts he has uh, in his life at the time. And uh, you really kind of get to see, a wiz- you know, he's a wizard in the real world, though. we're not. It's not Harry Potter wizards. It's not, you know, this craziness. It's, you know, if a Harry... If a wizard was in the real world, and I like it, and he's based out of Chicago, and uh, it's interesting because, uh, you know, of all the dynamic, different dynamic there is, he deals with personal issues, he deals with love issues, he deals with uh, professional issues, he deals with it all, and he has to try to manage these while being broke as a joke. And so that adds on to it. It's pretty interesting. Uh, he does have a sweet car, though, right? Yeah, he has this beetle, this old beetle that's put together with, like, 15 other beetles. And it's it's his, though. He loves it. Like, you'll hear about his beetle through, like, the next 12 books. you always hear about his beetle. Um, so in this one, you kind of go through and you get to see him fight another wizard, you know, go to town with another wizard. And he's never really done it before. And 
Um, well, not on this level. He has, but just just go with me. He's never really done it before, and um, he he gets to throw down, and you get to see some some great action sequences uh, with uh, another wizard named Victor Sells. And uh, he, you really kind of start to see who Harry is and what he stands for. And uh, you, the thing I really like about these books is you, you can kind of connect with Harry on a personal level. It's not, you know, so magical and so out of touch that it's so far removed you don't care. But it's it's interesting. Um, so Stormfront's really an introductory book. Of all the books, it definitely is not my favorite. But... It, it's a quick read. Yeah, it's a couple hundred a pages. With the, the stories, you know, the, the world's about. Mm-hmm. And you get to see some of his connections. Like he has a bunch of friends that uh, come and go. And one of them that always stays around is Susan Murphy. And she's introduced into in Stormfront. And she's a police officer. And uh, Susan he, Murphy? Yeah, Susan Murphy. Or Karen oh. Murphy. Karen Murphy. Sorry, I was reading. I was thinking Susan, his girlfriend. My bad. Girlfriend, Susan. Yeah, so he has this girlfriend that he has, but they're not really together in this book, but you read about her. Her name's Susan. Uh, and she is a reporter or a – she works for like a satire magazine, I guess, or like a paper. Uh, so that's kind of how Stormfront – front one goes uh in full moon full moon's the second one and in this one this is kind of where things get a little dicey and you can it ties in much later but this is really the first book that you start seeing major forces at play behind the scenes you don't really know it at, from reading the book like you could read these first four or five books in the series as standalone books but after probably book four or five it all ties in so that that's what I liked about it because at first I was reading them I'm like oh this is you know these are cool books but you know where's it going and then it all made sense uh, so in this one <clears throat> in full moon you get to see Harry few I, I think it's a little bit later maybe a year or two later from the first one and in this one he gets to fight werewolves all sorts of werewolves every type of werewolf you can think of and there's more than one and he explains it in the book. Uh, he's got his trusty sidekick Bob. Bob is probably one of the best characters in this entire entire series, don't you think? Yeah, very original. He's uh, always got some good one-liners and some quips here and there, so he's he's entertaining. And he's a legit perv, legit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he is. But what Bob is is he's a spirit, so he's not like a human, and he exists in a skull. That Harry carries around. So, um, so Bob kind of explains about the different uh, werewolves and what's going on, and Harry's trying to figure out what's going on as well. He gets to meet uh, this group called the Alphas, and they're a major player throughout many of the books. Uh, they're around. Uh, he becomes great friends with them, um, and they help him defeat what's called a Lycranthorpe, which is the most powerful werewolf. Really interesting. Uh, pretty pretty fun read as well. Same thing, not very, not a very long read, a couple hundred pages. Um, and in this book, we get to see Harry really further his relationship with Susan and, you know, get a girlfriend and 
move that direction. And you really are like rooting for the guy, right? I, I don't know what you thought, but every time he was like hooking up with like Susan or something, I was just like, yeah, go Harry, because he just never has good luck. Yeah. Right. He some love in his life. Some positive <laughs> things. And Bob lets him know. Bob <laughs> makes fun of him all the stinking time. It's hilarious. Uh, it's really fun dynamic between those two. Um, once again, Karen Murphy's involved. She really is kind of on the fence about all the mystic mumbo jumbo, you know, wizard stuff. But this is probably one of the first ones where she really kind of gets her eyes open to, oh, magic's real. Like no matter what I want to think, no matter what it is, there's some crazy stuff that I don't know about. And she kind of had an idea in the first book, but it was more of like, there's things I don't understand. I don't care to understand it. Someone help me. And now in this one, you really kind of see like her open her eyes up to reality. And that's that's a pretty cool thing to see happen. Uh, full moon. Um, as far as an actual read goes, I'd put it in the top top half of the books. None of them are my, you know, definitely not my favorite, but it, it does bring a lot of uh, um, good storyline to the book, a lot of context, which is great um, because this book is it spans what I think there's 14 books out, so you need context, and this is a great context book. Uh, Grave Peril was the third book, and this was probably one of the weirdest books I read. Just because of how to, you know, do it with all the spirits. This one's kind of dealing with ghosts. And um, and it's just kind of strange. You know, it's kind of hard to connect to because this is one of them that really kind of gets in the super sci-fi. Hmm. Or super fantasy, I should say. And um, basically, there's just a ton of ghosts running around. And you don't know why. And he's Harry's running everywhere to save it. And lo and behold, he finds out that it's a plot set up by some vampires to cause issues. And it's actually pretty sad. This was this is kind of the first book where um, you really get to see the the rest of the wizards. You know, the White Council, the Council of Wizards, and yada yada. Um, so what happens is that Susan gets kidnapped by the um, vampires, and she gets kidnapped when Harry shows up at a party he's invited to. Uh, one of the local vampire vampresses, vampiresses. I don't know how. To, what's you what's know, a vampire. woman? Yeah, woman form of a vampire. She gets promoted to royalty or some something or the other uh to you know within her line and harry's invited to represent the wizards council and so he shows up and he's told to bring a guest and it's a it's a uh not a masquerade but kind of like a dress-up party and so he shows up with susan and he goes as a vampire so I always thought that was pretty witty. He shows up and he's got the fake fangs yeah, in his the, mouth. The traditional corny vampire, right? Yeah. And he's got like blood, like fake blood going down his chin because he hates vampires. So he just like likes to stick it to him, you know, be a jerk. Well, anyways, while he's there, Susan gets kidnapped and um, she gets bitten by a vampire. But in the book, it kind of explains how the vampires, you don't turn vampire once you get bitten until you've actually tasted blood. 
And so she gets bitten, but she never tastes the blood. And Harry goes crazy. He just goes crazy and kills everybody. Like literally everybody. <laughs> so you get to see some some crazy you get to see him start letting loose and I really like that. Um Tell us a little bit about the vampires, because we're not talking Twilight vampires, right? No, these vampires do not glow when they're in the sun. They don't okay, sparkle. They, nope, there's no Edward. They they're don't read moody. the minds. Yeah, the Bella Swan's not going to come do something weird. Okay, this is legitimate vampires. So with the vampires, it's pretty interesting how they did it. So they use – there's three quarts of vampires, not just – Vampires, you think about it. There's uh, the Red Court, which is one of the major players as far as dealing with the human world. And they, um, trying to think, they're mostly like your political movers uh, type thing. Uh, they, they understand the world based on politics, and uh, but they use a lot of violence to further their needs their further their goals so you see a lot of so they're mostly ba- based in south america where there's just like you know wars all the time and craziness and people showing up dead and murdered that's the red court vampires there's another court called the black court vampires they're your more traditional uh vampires that you think of when you think of dracula but it explains it that uh the humans mostly killed them out so there's not a lot left and then there's the white court vampires, and you hear about the white court forever um, because you find out uh, that Harry has a great connection with the white court vampires, and they are like your succubuses. Wait, succubi? Succub- succubemuses? Succub- I don't know. Harry couldn't figure it out either. Well, I, he doesn't know how to say the plural of succubuses. Succubimuses. I don't know what it is. So, um, uh, but they're like, they're that. And they, you know, feed off your emotions and soul and lust and everything else. So, yeah, that's kind of the vampire courts, the three major courts. And they're all playing against each other as well as everyone else, right? Yes and no. So they, in general, they don't like each other. They do their own thing. They don't, they don't try to step anyone's feet too much out of all of them. The black court are the most powerful as single member, but because they're so reduced, the red court vampires are generally looked on the most dangerous. The white court vampires are looked on the weakest, but it's just because of how they, they fight. They don't, you know, they don't like straight up confrontation. You know, they don't like to fight a fair fight type thing. But, you know, their danger should not be understated because there's some of the books where it talks about that they just do tons of damage. And um, so, you know, pretty, pretty interesting with the three different courts. Harry deals with all of them throughout the books. And yeah, that's uh, one thing I really appreciated and liked about that plot or those groups is they were introduced in this book. But yet they they're still around in book 12. You know, they're still causing havoc and Harry's still fighting them or dealing with them, you know, 10 books later. And so, mm-hmm. and throughout the books, it's, you know, you see things like that. The, the werewolves we see in book two, we meet them later on in the story. They're back. They help them again. So it's not like, 
you know, it's a, a one shot story and then you're done, you move on. It's, you know, it's a complete, um, environment that's fleshed out in every book and the story's advanced in every book. Well, you really get to see, and I guess I look at it now, you know, as we're talking about, and I can really see when it all ties in right about book five ish and you start to realize like, Oh, it all makes sense. Now you really see that these first books are all about gaining con- context because the world's so big and it's so vast. And there's so many players, so many, so much movement going on that you, there's no possible way you could tell all that in a couple books. So when you spread it out in these five, you know, first five books, you really kind of get a good understanding of what you're reading, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. And they're, they're entertaining. So, mm-hmm. uh, Oh, and book three also get, you get introduced to Michael Carpenter. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And he is a knight. Uh, literally <laughs> he is like a, a knight of the Holy cross, I believe is what they call it. And, um, he is throughout the books from here on out from book three here on out. He's a major player, one of Harry's best friends. He's, if you take Harry out of it, I have to choose anyone, but Harry, he's probably my favorite character. Yeah. Yeah. He's got some good action scenes and it's a good storyline. Mm hmm. So, so these books are kind of their fantasy, their urban fantasy, I guess you could say. And they're not your Harry Potter type books, which I think we've hit, you know, we've talked about that. Um, I would say they're PG-13, PG-14. I mean... <laughs> I think the first few books aren't as bad. You could easily say PG-13, but I think as you progress through the series, especially the last three or four books, you know, 11, 12, 13, they get, they're getting older, you know, um, with the things Harry's dealing with and just the situations he's put in, especially with, uh, vampires, <laughs> the white court vampires. I mean, hey, there's some scenes in there that you're just like, Whoa, what, what am I reading? <laughs> but still a good read. Yeah. Yeah. So just be wary of that. That's something that's, bothers you or and you know you want to avoid mm-hmm. uh, you might want to screen the book um, also these books are available on audible audible.com if you want to use your free credit on stormfront or any other book that we've talked about and the guy i can't remember his name but the guy that does the audio for these jim butcher books is amazing I, I don't like – the only other audio audiobook that I've really liked was from Tennis Shoes Among the Nephites. <laughs> uh, and I know – don't judge me. But I, I really like the audio version of those books. I, I thought the guy did a great job. I've listened to other audiobooks and, you know, they're okay. But this guy, I, I really enjoy him narrate the book. He does a great job. Uh, he really keeps me – like invo- involved, I have this on audio for cold days. I have cold days audio, and I listen to it all the time just because I love to hear this guy tell the story. Yeah. So yeah, um, the narrator can make or break the story. I mean, mm-hmm. I've had books where I've I've read the book and liked it, and I got the audio book, and I was like, I can't stand this guy. I can't listen to it. Yeah, exactly. So listen to the first one. See if you like it. I recently got one of my sisters, the first book in this series. I'm hoping to hear back if she likes it or hates it. Um, 
she is not nerdy at all. She is like the opposite, um, you know, of like wanting to do anything with the nerd world. And we recently got her into the Mistborn series. Is that right? Yeah, Mistborn. And she liked it, so I'm hoping she likes this series. Um, but try it. Try it out. It's a really good series. We'll talk more about it. Uh, it's a long series. 14 books are out right now. I think the plan is for 21 books, 2021, somewhere in there. So there's plenty of books. He's coming out with them. You're not going to have to wait uh, 10 years. You're not going to have to watch a television series uh, move past the books, you know, before he finishes it, you know, any of that day, he's doing really well. Um, Jim butchers, his name, great author. Uh, I would suggest definitely reading this. These first three books are, like I said, they're going to feel like standalones and you're going to kind of feel, but just push through them. Once you get to book four or five, it's amazing. It all makes sense. It's all amazing and you'll love it. Yeah. So, um, if you had to pinpoint what's Harry's biggest struggle or conflict, inner conflict that he has in in these stories, what would you say that would be? In these first oh, three books, these in these first three books, I think it's kind of the same throughout. I think living with his decisions. He makes decisions like, and throughout the all, throughout the book, it talks about this that your decisions really shape who you are, and you can't change it. You change your decisions, you know, and uh, so he makes some decisions throughout the books that really help, that really are de- define who he is and what he stands for, and some of them aren't great decisions. You know, it's kind of like you know the same thing. You know, for the greater good, I've got to do this for the greater good. But he, at the same time, he also understands he can only do that so many times before it changes who he is, changes you know what he stands for. And so I think his internal conflict and on what he does and why he does it is is amazing to read. It's a really cool dynamic, and he really struggles with it. I think throughout the books and and how he should accomplish things. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of of that going on throughout the whole story where he has to decide. You know, if I'm going to do this, it's going to change me fundamentally. And I, I don't like that, but I need to do this. You know, whatever this, the task is at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 it's interesting in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, as a series, I mean, Justin, I got you into it. I mean, obviously, I'm going to give this series an A. I really like it. I've read probably every book four times. But, uh, Justin, what, what do you like as a series? How would you rate it? Uh, definitely two. overall an A. Yeah. Great. Because there's, yeah. it's so dynamic. There's, you know, each book, because a lot, a lot of these long series books, they kind of fall into the the same format, you know, the same issues pop up. You kind of feel like you've read that story already. But at this, with this series, each book is different. Different characters, different situations, different... Um, evil different bad guy you know it's it's very dynamic and you're always reading something new that's going mm-hmm. on even when well, the, new, the old characters come back for the new story it's still different mm-hmm. well and it, like his relationship with the with the wizards council too 
right? I mean, uh, you just see that completely change. You see his attitude completely change. It's it's a really amazing story. There's so much to say. It's it's so hard to talk about three books in 15, <laughs> 20 minutes, right? 10 minutes. But um, yeah. uh, in, in give a review. But, you know, if you if you listen to us and you, you can trust us at all, pick up this first book, Stormfront by Jim Butcher. Uh, listen to it, read it, whatever you want. It You, you won't be sorry. And, and if you don't like it, Justin will visit you with his fist. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> no, um, you know, if you don't like it, I, I, I can understand. But really, if you're into a sci-fi, urban legend, you know, fantasy, any, any type of that, you will like this book. Yep. So we encourage you to pick up the Dresden Files and start with book one and let us know what you think. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this exclusive podcast episode of the Dresden Files.